Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast. Join us as we take on the task of demystifying the confusing world of money and help kickstart your financial education journey. Just a reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is financial education only. We are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please make your own inquiries and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, I'm Kate, your host, and today I'm here with my co-host, Susan. Hi, Kate. And we're going to be talking about buying shares in Australia. So you're just about ready to start investing. You understand diversification, your risk tolerance, and you've got a bit of idea on how shares and ETS work. But you've just realized that you're not actually sure how to buy this ETF or share that you're really keen on. Luckily for you, we've both had a few goes at setting up trading accounts through a handful of different Australian platforms and have both bought and sold shares and ETFs uh, me for the last few years, Susan, for a few more years than that in, and including quite a few idiotic decisions when we first got started. So okay. grab a chair and let us take you through the steps required to buy a share in Australia. For the purposes of this podcast episode, the scenario that we're going to be using is we're buying a thousand BHP shares and using Comsec as our brokerage account. Now, none of these items are recommendations at all. They're just for the purpose of the scenario. Now that you've chosen your share and ETF, Susan, the very first step to buying a share is choosing your brokerage platform. Yep. I mean, that is very important, but the most important thing is deciding what to buy. Now, I know we're assuming you've already made that decision, but that is your biggest investment decision. So once you've decided what to buy, and if this is your very first ever share or ETF, you're going to buy it's a pretty big decision probably not as exciting as buying your own car or your own house but you know it could lead up <laughs> to something that's bigger than your house or your car if it's a good journey yeah so susan what exactly is a brokerage account so a brokerage account is under the australian rules and we're talking about buying an australian share in australia with an australian broker you must go through a broker if you like a middleman and they arrange for you to buy or sell the share through the marketplace. And in our case, in Australia, the majority, it's not the only marketplace, but the majority by far is the Australian Stock Exchange or the ASX. Yeah, so there's in, in brokerage accounts, there's many different options in Australia. Yep. And there are many different brokers. Uh, some are run by large banks and ZCBA to name a few. Some of the major banks have their own brokerage houses and there's a lot of independent brokers as well. And you might deal with one. They could be Australian or they could be part of an Australian-American group, something like that. Citibank, for an example. And uh, they will all instruct you or give you an online process in which to go through to open an account. Now, why do these services exist? Okay. Well, before we got quite so technical and without the advent of the internet, if you wanted to buy a share and for our example, BHP, you had to go to your broker because they were the ones who were actually on the floor of the old fashioned floor of stock exchange. So those pictures you see in the newspaper the, where yeah. they're all in these lab coats, you shouting at each other with yeah. signs. <laughs> 
they're, they're often the futures, but America still uses a physical exchange. Mm. Australia has definitely got rid of that physical exchange. You won't see anything like that. But in the old old days, you know, with 30, 40 years ago, to actually find out what the price of your share was, at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning or 10.30 in the morning, you had to ring up your stock broker who would then ring the floor and say, yes, the last trade for BHP was at $26.58. But of course, nowadays, we can go online. And and we're just doing it through an online platform in most cases nowadays. Yes, so we can do online. Uh, I'll just mention you can ring up. Most online also allow you to ring up. They usually slug you with a much higher yeah, fee for that. Yes, just be really careful. But look, if it's a great way to start, if you don't know, they will talk you through and you can do it over the phone, of course. Um, I'm not sure if you could physically go into anyone's office anymore and and have a chat and (laughs) bring your money or pay over a cheque. I'm not sure that they could even handle that anymore. Mm. So there's quite quite a few companies that do provide this service in Australia and all different sizes and functionalities. So it's a really good idea to sort of think about when you're getting started what do you want? Do you want to buy international shares as well? So that's getting starting to get a bit more complicated, but not every brokerage site does that. Um, They all charge different fees because they can set their own fees, I believe. Yes, and the ASX, the actual exchange, they run a big computer behind and back office. Well, they charge a fee and that's covered in your brokerage. So, yes, I believe there's all sorts of websites out there for comparison sites. Yeah, so we'll link a few of the comparison sites to look at different broker options in the comments. Most of those comparison sites aren't exhaustive the list so no. just make sure you do some research and there's a whole range of different fees depending on what you're looking for and what sort of um, size of trade you want to make so some some of the brokers have cheaper rates of brokerage for smaller trades under a thousand dollars like say under a thousand under ten thousand they're always often capped and then they go up often as a percentage of the trade after ten thousand but assuming you're going to start relatively small mm. if this is your first trade please don't go in large yeah. Keep it small. So if you want to try $500, there is no minimum now. $500, that might be, you know, 24 shares. You can buy just 24 shares. You don't need to buy a nice round amount or Mm. a minimum of 1,000 shares or anything like that. Yeah, some of the brokers I've seen just have a minimum investment amount of $500 now. So it's actually, it's coming down a lot. Yep. So have have a look around, think about the size, the type of product. And the type of information you want from yeah, the broker. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, especially if you want to look at some charts or broker research and recommendations. Mm-hmm. So the bigger brokers and often more expensive because they employ researchers and analysts who will look at the major stocks. Some of them go into the smaller stocks, but uh, let's say they look at the major stocks. So we're talking BHP, CBA, those sort of things, and they'll research and they might recommend a buy or a hold or a sell, mm. something like that. I think it should be noted here that brokerage sites do make money through the constant buying and selling of shares. So always bear in mind that they, they might be pumping free research for stocks at you, but they are looking to increase the churn of yeah. stocks to make yeah. money. So get you to buy. they might have a sell on a stock one day and a buy a few days later. So they're going to, yeah. yeah, it's always worth 
Yeah, and reading might it be, with a grain of salt. There may be real, real reasons why they had to move from buy to sell, sort yeah. of new announcements, and that does happen. And you sort of think, but I, I thought it was a buy. You, you did this great research, and then something drastic happened, like a, a dam's burst, and you know, great loss of life and money, and then they might move to a sell or a hold very quickly. So be aware that happens overnight, and then you know, you, you find you've just brought your BHP shares for $30 and you wake up and it's $25. Mm. And that's what is volatility. And that's why a lot of people don't like shares. They think it is risky, i.e. you can lose your money very quickly. And it is risky. I guess Mm. the the key element of risk is there could be a full loss of capital. Yep, yep. And the company, and I have brought some, (laughs) and I've lost a lot. And and the owner was running, there's one particular, well, two actually. The owner had a lot of shares. The owner, I thought, wouldn't be that stupid to lose their own company and their own money. But they have. They either got carried away with their own hype one was actually betting his own shares against the company, i.e. his shares. He actually handed them to other people who were selling his shares. I mean, how stupid's that? But, you know, you live and learn. So I think at this stage, anything you invest in the share market, you've got to be prepared to lose. Mm. However, saying that, most do not fall over. Yeah. Or you do have some time to get out. You might not get your money back, but you have time so as soon as you buy it you remember you can buy a share at 10 30 on an online broker and sell it at 10 31 yeah you will pay brokerage of course but if you have a sudden change of heart and you get terribly scared and nervous you can turn around and immediately get out you don't have to wait any time period and that's something very important to note yeah so once once you've done your research and chosen your brokerage platform uh, in this case, we've chosen Comsec for the purposes yep. of this scenario. But the next step is to go on their website and open your brokerage account. Yep. So in most cases, I've seen it's free. I don't know if any of them charge you an account opening fee. No, I, I don't believe they would. The other thing I'd just say when you are looking at brokers, and as I say, we're not recommending any, but do go with a big name. You don't want to be stuck if things go a bit wrong in the economy or the market turns down that you're with a broker that doesn't have good financial resources behind them. So if in doubt, go with a large company until you know anything better. And I know that we often think big means safer, but I think when you're starting out, go for someone with a lot of financial backing behind them. Um, And I have seen companies lose money get caught and do perhaps what is not the right thing by uh, people of open brokerage accounts so mm. go with something big to you know more go with a well-established name that is proven financial backing and has been in existence for a good length of time it's probably not where you go for a startup yeah. A stockbroker who's only been running a couple of months because there's a lot of teething problems with the technology to get up and running. And even established brokers, their online platforms can crash like anyone else's. So go with someone who's been in the market for quite a few years. And there's mm. lots of those now. Yeah. And generally, the account opening process, as far as I've seen, is fairly similar to opening a bank account yes. details. You're going to be providing your identification yes. documents, your address, all of yep. that sort of stuff that the 
whoever the brokerage site is required to collect. And once once you've submitted everything, you and the broker has approved you, you're going to be issued a unique holder identification mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you'll be often issued a bank account as well. So one of the things brokers and why brokers and banks go together a lot is that they do issue bank accounts because they want you to put your money in first. Mm. Now, you may find there's some where you can buy the CBA share or the BHP and then pay for it and they give you two days because it's standard, but a lot will ask you to put your money up front. Hence, you want to put it in a bank account. Yeah, and what I did notice when I was going through to put the piece together for how to money that we um, stepped through the process of actually setting up the account the fees for having a external bank account to having a linked bank account to that Comsec account were quite different. So okay. you that's something to bear in mind. I don't know what the case is for all the other brokers, mm. but in general, I have opened a bank account at the same time as creating the brokerage account. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Yes. And, and when I'm looking through the different ones I use, yes, they've all got a bank account they require money in your bank account before you did your first trade and then that bank account you usually sign an authority with all that paperwork so they can debit and credit the bank account so when you buy the shares they immediately take your money out on the correct day and when you sell them they put the money back into that bank account yeah so i guess this leads into our next point of funding your brokerage Mm -hmm. account so uh, whether you've linked your existing bank account to your brokerage account or you've set up a new bank account that's linked to the brokerage account, yeah. it's really important to have the funds in the account before placing the trade um, because the broker may penalise you if you dishonour your settlement oh, time frame. Yeah, most, uh, most, I think. <laughs> and they may kick you off the platform. Oh, and charge you a, a penalty a fee because fee. they actually need the money to settle because the person on the other side, you've bought them, so the person on the other side has sold and they're waiting for their money. So why should they be penalised because you didn't have money in the account? So you'll have vote of a drawn fees and things like that. So remember, the, the Australian Stock Exchange is a marketplace. So every time you buy a share, you're buying it from someone who is selling the share. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a, a, a digital market. exchange of the yeah. shares. And you can actually see it if you go on to Comsec once you become a member and you don't have to trade, you could open that account, remember, and it gives you access to a lot of information before you buy anything. Yeah, so they don't charge you a fee for just holding that account no. open. And so once you're, you know, you've got your login, like everything, password and email and things, you sign on, you have an account, a customer ID number and a password, you sign in, but you can look, you can look at the charts, you can look at the news, you can look at the shareholders of that company, um, and it allows you to see, you know, who's buying, who's selling, how many trades are going on. So you find there's a wealth of information all available to, you know, for a concept example, as we're using, is all free. You know, it's part of being on their platform. So... It doesn't mean you have to trade. You could go and trade somewhere else. But there it is. Have a good look around the system, read the rules, settlement rules, purchase rules, whatever, before you place that trade. Mm. And there's lots and lots of information. Yeah. So once you once you've funded account your account, the next step is placing your buy order, your purchase order mm-hmm. for those thousand BHP shares you yes. want. Uh, so 
And we'll start with the buy order because yeah. it's buy side. It, there's quite a few rules about selling something you don't own. So we're going to buy the share first before we sell it. Yeah, just sticking with buying shares today. Please buy the share first before you sell it. So one recommendation I do have for you is maybe using the desktop version of the brokerage platform for your very first trade rather than the iPhone application Mm, because I have heard about people adding an extra zero Mm. to their order, not reviewing it and uh, having to fork out a bit more money than they thought they would. So it's, it's, yeah, the the, uh, iPhone Android applications for most of the large brokerage platforms are great, but I would recommend using the desktop version just for your first trade so you get used to it. You ensure that you're putting all the correct data in. Yeah, and, and for example, Comsec's got three versions. They've got the mobile for the phone, they've got the iPad version, and they've got the full desktop. So you might want to start at the desktop. And they actually all do different things, different functionalities. Mm. So it's not just one blown up or condensed. So when you're starting, I definitely look at the desktop. You get a lot more information than what you get on the other versions. And also that's a good point when you, you put in the company, how many shares it will calculate the total cost. And it will ask you if you want to put the order at market or limit or a limit price. Yeah, Uh, I personally do limit. So I might say, for example, BHP, I'm looking to buy it. Let's say it's $35 today. I don't want to pay today's price. I might think, oh, that's too high. I think there might be a dip in the market, i.e. the shares will go down. Maybe, you know, Donald Trump's going to say something silly again. And so I might put a limit. So I wish to buy my 1000 or 500 thousand is quite a lot of money, actually, Catherine. Yes. Um, so if I'm buying BHP shares, I might be buying a thousand, <laughs> but I might buy 200. Could do it in lots of 200. So I might buy 200, at, you know, $32 and little $32.51 or $33.18. And we can talk about how you pick a price later on, but you can put a specific price and a specific amount. And when the share price, you can leave it for the day. So that's good till four o'clock, the end of the market, or good till cancelled and comsec cases. Or to an expiry date. Or a specific expiry date. Yeah. Um, most of them all have an expiry date, 20 days around there. And a lot of the uh, platforms will automatically cancel your order on specific events. Like if they go ex-dividend or there's a big news item, they will automatically cancel the shares. Yeah, so the benefit of having that expiry date means that if the broker can't fill your limit order um, on the day that you place it, Mm. and it will keep trying to fill it at your specified instructions until that date's specified. Yeah. So you don't have to keep looking at it and then they'll send you a notice. I think they even send you little texties and all sorts of things now. So you can get everything online. Um, You probably don't want paper in this day and age and they'll probably charge you more if you want a paper. So once it happens, you get what's called a contract note that tells you the details, the date, how much, the name, the name of the company, the name of you. So whose name have you brought it in? That's very important. You know, um, and uh, and then when it is due for settlement. So it's usually in Australia we talk about two business days time, T plus two. 
Yeah, and also it's good to remember that the ASX is typically open from 10 to 4 p.m. each Mm -hmm. business day, Monday Mm -hmm. to Friday. Um, It's always worth just making sure that you've checked if there's different opening hours, uh, if something is important that it goes Or if you're in Queensland or Perth. Yeah. So So it's usually Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight. And and some public holidays, they're closed or have reduced trading hours. So it's worth worth having a look at that. So a lot, it really works on Melbourne and Sydney. Mm. Melbourne and Sydney business days. If Melbourne and Sydney are shut, it will be shut. Yeah. Yeah. So the final step of the equation, you've paid for your shares, you're a fully owning shareholder. You haven't quite paid for them. You've sent your contract note. It's giving you the details and you must pay by that certain day. Now, this is where having the linked account is beautiful because yeah. if it's a linked account, remember, it will withdraw the money automatically. If it's not, that's when you must fund your account. Yeah. So oh. there'll be payment instructions on there or yeah. you'll have to transfer the money to the specified account. I'm not sure if they have other payment options. No, I don't. Uh, generally, not. it's to a... It's it's very risky. If you leave an order and you don't know, maybe three days later, five yeah. days later, it's filled. You might be on holidays. You might be really busy at work. You don't see the notice or the email. Bang, they go looking for the money and it's not there. Remember, yeah. you're going to pay fee. It's best to have the money in the, the linked account or the nominated account that the bank will do, oh, sorry, yeah. the brokerage house will direct debit from uh, before you place the trade. Just so I have, I have experienced the uh, last minute... <laughs> urgent having realizing you had to transfer money to the accounts so uh, don't put that added stress on your life and just make sure the funds are there before you place your order the final piece of the puzzle here is keeping track of your assets so your grandkids don't discover worthless holding statements hidden in a drawer 50 years down the track which is a true story now when you purchase the securities you'll have received the contract note from your broker detailing the trade but chess so the clearinghouse will post you out a holding statement And it's worth keeping all the documents in a secure location so you can keep track of everything down the road. Perhaps we should explain what a holding statement is. It is actually still posted at this stage, so they do need to have your correct address. So name and address, and that will come automatically. It's sent, issued by the ASX, and it will tell you the name that you've invested in. So BHP at the top left, your name, and then the type of things you have bought. So if you bought BHP shares, say BHP shares fully paid, that means you don't have any more per share to pay because there have been at times what we call partly paid shares. So you'll get this fully paid and it'll say simple transaction, you know, how many on? So if you bought your 20, it'll say 20 on. And then a total holding balance will be 20. And then if you buy another 20 down the track, the next statement you'll get will say, you know, 20 on and it has the date and then you'll have a total of 40. So mm. it's a very simple transaction piece of paper. And another thing to note on this chess holding statement will be will be the share registry details for this particular share. Yes. So... What you can do through the share registry is update your bank details, tax file number, address, address, and also your dividend reinvestment settings. So we might talk about dividend reinvestment plans and the pros and cons in a future episode, Mm -hmm. but it's important to note that if you do want to opt in or opt out to a company's dividend reinvestment plan, if they offer it, that can be done through the share registry. Yes. And um, again, 
chess keeper record so this is called a chess holding statement and if you see anything wrong then immediately give the share registry a call like if you're thinking well I bought more shares and they're not showing up do give them a call um, it might be you've just bought them very recently and this got printed you know at the end of the last month or the last quarter so it's not updated the other thing you'll get from your share registry so each company has a registrar which is another company um, a big one you may have heard of is com computer share and um, they there's also link market services, services boardroom registry direct so so there's a lot of them out there and they keep all the details a company could do it themselves but most of them don't have that specialization mm, i've seen a, a few still administer in-house yep and so they'll also send you a few more forms and one of them, very important one, is your tax file number. Yeah. So you must have to fill that in. Well, you don't have to, but unless you're prepared to have tax taken out of your dividends when the time comes, it's a good idea to put in your tax file number. And it also asks you things about uh, dividend reinvestments. And the final thing, uh, once you've sort of sorted out the admin side, is just keeping track of your shares. So you might want to do that through the app that your brokerage site provides, just so you can keep an eye on them, just to see if there's any announcements you need to be aware of. And there's also companies like InvestSmart and ShareSite that offer you portfolio manager tracking tools, which could give you assistance with keeping track of these holdings. Yeah. So if you do get uh, a dividend reinvestment, it'll actually add that in. So it's they're very clever now and they know exactly what's going on with the number of shares that you hold. So yeah, all, all they've all got apps um, and all your brokers will keep records of that for you. And, and they'll tell you the price you bought in and the units you bought and sort of quite detail. And then... The good ones also at tax time give you a list of transactions so what you bought what you sold and what dividends and remember all those dividends whether you receive them in shares or cash have to go through your tax so there you go hopefully you're now feeling ready to buy your first share or etf but if not feel free to get in touch with us uh, via www.howtomoney.online or on twitter or instagram at howtomoneyaustralia Anyway, thanks for joining me on the How To Money podcast today, Susan. And thanks, Kate, and happy investing. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.